Okay. We're live. That's it. How are you guys feeling about that? Good. <laughs> Long way <laughs> podcast. All right. So, what is up? We are three knuckleheads sitting around doing a podcast on fantasy baseball. So, sit back, enjoy the information, the knowledge, and it's going to be good times. But basically, we met. I'm Scott Combs, just to start you off. Uh, the three of us here met working for a fantasy sports company, um, and we've just stayed in touch for a long time, played a bunch of leagues together, and basically our relationship is based upon fantasy baseball. So we got together and said, hey, let's do a podcast and let others enjoy the greatness that is us. <laughs> right? Good way, to put it. Good way to put it. Yeah. So um, just to credentialize myself a little bit real quick, uh, I am the uh, 2006 Fantasy Golf Rider of the Year, so... <laughs> Undisputed champion of 2006 Fantasy Golf's uh, Fantasy Riding. And it's a huge market. There's, there's a lot of people looking you, for Fantasy Golf information. You probably beat out tens of other riders. <laughs> no one knows more about greens and regulation than you. Yeah, that's, the, I, that's what I put on every resume I send out, so... Remember that present target game? Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. The yeah. Frozen Target was a good game. That was a good game. I would, I would say it was too technical for most fancy golfers. Yeah. That's the problem. Where do you uh, keep your award? <laughs> it's, uh, it's on the uh, mantle by the TV. It's, it's, for, it's up there for everyone to see right next to my, uh, what was it? It was a 2007, last time I won our league. So, yeah, right next to my, uh, my bobblehead from, from that. So. And your uh, pictures of your wedding? Just, just the great <laughs> moments in life? It, the, the wedding didn't even make it. <laughs> it's just the bobblehead. The bobblehead's up there, the uh, writing award, and that's it. So, um, so yeah, that's me. We got Scott Bodley here with us, the BOD. Tell them a little bit about, about yourself, BOD. All you need to know is I won the league in 2010. So, was it 2010 or 11? Exactly. <laughs> well, it was 2010. I'm just a champion all the time, but it was 2010. <laughs> um, Joe, when did you not last win the league? <laughs> I'm yeah, like, <laughs> we 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 were established. We've got two uh, league winners. This league that we're talking about, we are in. A, it's a very competitive league uh, with other experts and people that that we have met through our fantasy dealings, and it's pretty much uh, the most competitive league that that we've been a part of. Um, been a part of all the expert leagues out there, and it's the most competitive league we've been part of. And so. Uh, when you hear us talking about the league, that's going to be what we're referring to. Uh, which, which should indicate there's no shame in finishing last. And uh, this, is, <laughs> this is last place, Joe. I finished last in 2011 for the first time. I have finished as high as fourth. Let the record reflect. <laughs> I, uh, good year. I, it's usually, good year. I usually pull down a steady sixth or seventh place. Um, anyone who listens to my commentary on this podcast, do it your own risk. Um, I happen to think I have the best and brightest insights among the three of us, but that has not played out historically. <laughs> Let, let's just say, when we first sat down and talked about the idea of doing this podcast, the idea was to bring Last Place Joe in as the, the anti-information uh, guy. The guy that you, <laughs> whatever he said, you could say, okay, I'm going to stands on this, or <laughs> going the exact opposite. I may be the Carl Pilkington of the group, <laughs> but I'm going to give you my thoughts, and you can do with them what you please. And if I win the league this year... Hell hath no fury, like <laughs> last place Joe scorned. Oh, I would love to see that. The day Joe, the day Joe wins the league, the message board is going to go nuts. It is going to be bananas. I will wager that you won't win the league. 
I would wager against myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there you go. That's that's a quick intro on us. Tell you why we're doing this is just because this is what we do. We talk about fantasy baseball pretty much all day, nonstop, and so we figured we might as well bring some other people in on the conversation. Um, you guys set up the email, right? So we have an email if you want to send email questions or whatever. Tell us we're a holes. Whatever you need to do. Uh, what, what's the what's the email? At? The, e- the email address is offbasepodcast at gmail dot com. So send your stuff there. Whatever you're not going to hurt our feelings. So yep. offbasepodcast at gmail dot com. And if it's a good enough question, meaning if you actually send an email, we'll uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll read, read it. it on the air. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. I'm going to say if we get a million downloads for this podcast, we're going to... That's all it takes is a million. Just a million. Then we're going to start doing uh, prizes for... I I will take out the millionth download person to the Wing Shack. There you go. I'll I'll tell you what. The the, the 500,000th person, (laughs) I will give them one of my old t-shirts from the fantasy sports company that we worked at. There There we go. go. I've got... got, I've got some T-shirts. We will send that out to those people. I'm wearing the sweatshirt. Right yeah, now. you're wearing the sweatshirt right now. That's what reminded me of it. So, <laughs> all right. I, I think the users are, or the listeners are dying to hear some <coughs> some actual content. But before we do that, so we we all met each other working at the fantasy sports company that where we all came from in the past, um, doing different stuff. I was involved in a lot of operations on the business side. The BOD was uh, you I managed did all newsletters, the, you yeah, managed newsletters. site updates. You know, pitching probables. That was a that was a huge thing. Hey, if you don't know who's probable, it ain't probable that you're gonna win. <laughs> and if the side had a problem that day because of the problems, it wasn't me. It's just it was a late scratch. <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. There was a problem. The BOD will solve it. <laughs> oh, good times. And the big cat, of course, provided. I provided all the content. I was the the head. The head writer. Head writer. Editorial content. Yeah. So yeah, it was good times. It's been uh, four or five years since we've done that, but that's what gives us what little credibility we have to do this very podcast. I believe I believe we called those days Xanadu. You just uh, sit around and, and sing songs and uh, talk about baseball. Like, I think we got more arguments. Back then, at least we were getting paid to talk about fantasy baseball. Now I actually have a job doing something else, but I still spend my entire day talking and thinking about, about fantasy, fantasy baseball. baseball. So at least back then, I wasn't pretending to get paid for something else, you know. One of, the, one of the greatest memories I have of that time is we're, we're playing in this league at the same time, and, and we've been going back and forth trying to do a trade, me and you, Big Cat, for involving Fausto Carmona, and I traded <laughs> Fausto Carmona to you, and on the same day that I traded Carmona to you, he got lit up for like seven <laughs> runs in an In Fenway. It was in Fenway. In Fenway. And, yeah. And it was the greatest victory, probably the last time I had any success. But uh, I'll never forget getting over dumping Fausto on you right on that day. That, that was when Carmona was very first coming up and he was a closer, right? Yeah. Am I thinking right? Yeah. And he went into Fenway and gave up like 30 runs on 30 pitches, I think. Something like that. It was if brutal. only there was some way to find out. That's, that's <laughs> so, if, if only Al Gore had, had invented something, yeah. a way for us to figure this information out. That's so old that uh, Fausto Carmona doesn't even go by Fausto Carmona anymore. <laughs> Did he change his name? Is it John Carlo? Oh, no, yeah, John no, he, did, he did change his name, but I don't was know what it is because he's not on my draft list. Dude, I cannot take this name changing thing. Everybody's what changing their names name now. Hey, how, how about you guys just come across with your normal names? I know that. Uh, was it Larry Davis? <laughs> change it to Larry Davis. Uh, all right, uh, let's all talk. Right. Let's talk some Ryan Braun. All right, yeah. So first off, first topic we want to really get into fantasy baseball wise is the Ryan Braun situation. 
as everyone's getting ready to prepare their draft, stuff like that, it's a big deal. You got the uh, the big clear. He's good to go. No 50-game suspension. So how does that affect rankings? How does that affect the draft, right? Well, where did you guys have him before it was announced that he's not going to be suspended? Uh, when, when, when I thought he was going to miss 50 games? Yeah, when he's going to miss 50 games. <clears throat> I, I, I would say he was a late third, early fourth round guy for me. So somewhere between 25 to 35. Right. I, I mean, yeah. yeah. We, well, everything that we're going to talk is going to be in terms of 5x5 five, five five Roto, 10-team league, because that's what we're playing in right now. Um, so, you know, take that for what you will with a grain of salt and add your rules or whatever into it. But, yeah, that's where I had him, somewhere between 25 and 35 in there. I would say Josh Hamilton. And, you know, you look at a guy like Josh Hamilton, you expect he's going to miss 30, 40, 50 games because of injury. I, I would have put Braun right in that same spot probably. I totally agree. I think the best thing about Braun playing is that other guys fall down. Since I'm picking ninth in the league, that means someone else gets to fall down to me. So that's one good player I wasn't going to get before. Because Braun's going to go ahead of me. I'm not going to get Braun. I'm not saying I would I take Braun. I would, but now I can get someone who's decent who I wouldn't have got before. So that's, I think that's why it's so important. So the thing that makes Braun appealing, he hits for power, he drives in runs, he scores runs, he hits for average. But, well, and last year all of a sudden he starts selling bases. Yeah, but one of, he's one of the few guys along probably with Kemp among the big bats in the top 10 to 15 players who is also going to probably get you guaranteed 20 bags, probably 30 bags if he does what he did last year, right? So now that he is going to play a full season, I don't. where do you put him? I don't think he's going to get 30 bags. I think he'll be lucky to get 20. Why? It was a career last year. He's still 25. He hasn't sold more than 20 ever. And now... And now he's 25 back. Prince is gone. He had a career year. We're suddenly well, expecting him to go 330 again and still 30 and hit 30. Come on. He didn't, he didn't steal 25. He went 33 and 33. I know. That's the first time he's gone over 20 in his career. Okay, fair enough. Well, that's what I'm saying. Had, so to think that he's going to hit that again, he, got, so. he had 20 in his rookie year. He had 14 in 2010, and he went 33 last year. So I, you could count on getting around 15. Yeah, it, worst case scenario, he's going to steal 15 bags, which is still, if he's hitting 30 plus bonds and still 15 bags, it's still going to be pretty good value. That, that's first round value, right? Okay, there. but if you put him as a 30 15 guy, then that's the same as Dustin Pedroia? No. So, so are we talking about a guy who's as good as Matt Kemp, or are we talking about a guy who's as good as Dustin Pedroia? I do that. He's still he's better, he's hitting he's 10 Pedroia. more balls with Pedroia and still on three or four less bases. He's hitting 300. He's going to drive in more runs. I mean, he's going to give you all five categories. Even, even at 15 bases, that's, that's uh, still a good enough number to make it worth saying, hey, yeah, he's a five-category guy. Okay, if I move him up to number one or number two on my draft board, I'm doing it because I think he's a 30-30 guy. I'm not going to put him there if I think he's a 30-15 guy. Well, right. I, and my top ten, he's, I think I have him eighth. I don't think he'll produce like he did. You, really? you have him eighth? Yeah. Dude, you know when he's playing the whole season. Really? Yeah. Dude, Prince is gone, number one. Number two, who knows? He might have been juicing. You guys know I love Brown more than anybody else in baseball. Yeah, let's just make the record clear that up until this season, Ryan Braun was known as the BOD's son in our league because he loved the guy as much as his own son. Uh, I love him. Uh, but there's some huge flags there. And he had a career year. And think about it. If, he, if, if, if you're going to come back and you want to prove yourself that you weren't juicing, this is why I don't think he will be stealing as much. He's going to be jacking bombs like crazy, swinging for the fence every time, because he wants to prove that he still has, he still has that strength going through all the here's testing a, out on the Here's team. an interesting note about Braun. Rookie season, 158 games. 
157 games. 2011, 150 games. This guy doesn't miss games due to injury. No. He's going to be out there day in and day out. Well, we don't know if he was juicing. I don't think he was. I don't I, think he was either. When I watched the press conference, I believe what he said. I don't think he was juicing, and I think this guy can flat-out mash. I, I don't think the bats behind him are as strong, obviously, with Prince gone. I think Aramis Ramirez is, is awful no matter who he plays for. But at the end of the day, I think Ron, Braun goes 30-30 again. I think he has a lot to prove. For me, he's top three on my draft board, no question. Well, I, I'm pretty close to that. I mean, I think he's he's definitely one of those upper-tier guys you're going to take in the first three, four picks. You know, I think eight's probably a little low, um, but I don't know if I have him right at the top of my board either. He's probably a guy that, with the questions, the, the, with Prince being gone, I do have a little bit of concern about protection. But then when you sit down and look at the numbers, protection is one of those things that people talk about but doesn't actually seem to come across in the numbers, you know. There's not a whole lot of, of statistical data to back up that someone's actually getting protection and it equals X, Y, and Z within their statistics. So Prince being gone makes me a little nervous. The Royds thing, I think he probably, I don't know. Um, uh, personally, I think he probably is a Royd guy. You do. And I think if he was using Royds, there's going to be a slight decline. You, you thought he was juicing. He said he took 25 drug tests in his life. He never failed one. I, 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 don't, I don't question that, but... Unless I get more information outside of simply this guy handled the urine sample incorrectly. But the test results said that the testosterone levels in his urine were three times higher than any recorded test in MLB history. So he was using three times the freaking steroids. I don't know. Give me the Incredible Hulk that night for Halloween. I don't know, guys. I don't know. I honestly Just the fact that you have to ask the question... Right now means it's enough to move him down behind exactly. a guy like Kemp or move him behind Poults, Pujols, or move him behind you know uh, Cabrera because those three guys at the top, there's no questions about them. The, I guess I guess Pujols, you have the question when he's with the new team and, and the switch to the AL. But other than that, you know all three of those guys are going to match across the board. Okay, let's say this. In two thousand, what was it? Two thousand nine, when Pujols had the neck injury in spring training, people were unsure how much he would play or, or how soon he would recover. We know in our league, Wally won the league because he put, took Pujols at pick 11. Yeah, right? he took a risk. If Braun were to fall as far as number 8 like you haven't, I think that's the kind of thing that could win a person the league because, personally, I don't, have, I don't have doubts about Braun. Even if he was juicing, the guy has such great hand-eye coordination. He doesn't just hit for power. That, that's not affected by steroids, his ability to put the bat on the ball and hit for average. But, but the stat that you just went through, how he plays every game, that's the type of stuff that is affected. I mean, if he's juicing, it's to get him recovered, to get him back if in it, the game. Yeah, I, I guess so. But I'm just saying there's a lot of upside. If you see Braun in your league slipping past pick five, pick six, and he's still on the board, I think you've got to take a guy there. But I, the I, upside I, is too, I, too I, great. I don't know. Like, I would rather – honestly, I'd rather take Cano. Cano is more consistent. And if you're telling me the difference between Cano and Braun – if you miss on those 15 extra bags you would get from Braun, is that going to make the difference in your league? I totally disagree. It's, there, there's too much risk. There's just enough to lower him down to like 7 or 8. I actually have him 7. I checked. I have him below Kemp, Cabrera, Pujols, Bautista, Tulo, and Cano. 33 homers, 33 stolen bases, 111 RBIs. He added 38 doubles, and the guy hit 332. He won the NL MVP. He's got everything to prove. He is the face of that franchise. Yeah, he had a great well, year. But, and, uh, but the great thing about baseball is you're going to have to go play another year. He's, is he going to get those same stats? I don't think he will. Uh, I'll say this. I, I, think, I think Joe's right. If he slips past six, I think, I think there's about six guys right at that top with Tulo, Batista, 
Cabrera, all those guys, they, they really make it that top tier. If he's at the bottom half of that tier, the last little bit, or if he slides below that, I think you got to jump on him. All right, so let's talk about that. We've covered Braun, but let's talk about the top ten because, for me, I put him as a risk. If you're looking at the top ten and you say who's a sure thing versus who has a little bit of risk to them, um, and Combs, you, you had told us about this you know, Matthew Berry comment about the first round not being sure thing all the time. Let's talk about who we think is a sure thing and who's not. Well, and, and it's one of those things everyone assumes you've got to get production out of your first-round guy. That, you know, it, it, that's the one thing that you need to have as a given if you want to compete, right? Well, if, if you go read Matthew Berry's manifesto from a couple weeks ago, he talks about, you know, it's 50% of the players drafted in the first round don't add up to top 40 um, on the player rate at the end of the season. That, to me, that's astonishing. I mean, because you expect that guy to be a safe pick. But but they're still producing. Like, you look at someone like Tulowitzki, he's going top five, but his actual value or his, his production isn't as high, but you're taking that high because he's a shortstop. Well, so, his, so his value would be like a 35-30. And plus you're getting pitchers in there that will have great years. Or someone like Granderson or Ellsbury who just shot up. Who were we supposed to take Granderson in the first round? That's year? one thing to fall out of the top ten by the end of the year, but to, if you're not even in the top forty, you missed on that pick. Well, who who I missed last year because I took Crawford. That was classic example. Yeah. Outside of that, was there anybody last year that was really a shocker? I'm trying to think that there had I don't to think be there, was. there had to be other guys that they weren't. David Wright is no longer a first round pick. Well, he's not. I don't know. Was he last year? I don't think it was last year. I think he. Had hit well, here's down. here's the top ten. Here's the 2010. Season totals, ranks. Let me pull it up here one sec. 2010, in terms of uh, their production, it went Cargo, Pujols, Cabrera, Votto, Crawford, Bautista, Hamilton, Cano, Canerco. Now, see there, Canerco wasn't taken in the first round. No. And Josh Hamilton wasn't either. But Crawford was. So there's, like, really the only one miss. But with that being said, I think there's guys in the first round this year that you have to steer away from. Well, and, and, I mean, that's, I mean, that goes back to what Joe's question is. Or what, who are the biggest risks in the top ten? And who are those guys that you need to maybe move down two, three slots because you can get a sure thing in the first round? I mean, I, I think we all agree, with that first round pick, you want to get the most sure thing you can. This needs to be the one bat that you or totally pitcher, if, if you're the kind of guy that's going to go pitcher early, which we'll get into that maybe later. But And if you do that, come join our league. <laughs> I'll give you two guys that I don't like in the first round. All right. I think Jacoby Ellsbury is overrated. I cannot see Ellsbury hitting for that much power again. Now, granted, new manager, Bobby Valentine, I don't know how much Ellsbury is going to run compared to how he ran last year. But, Scott, you were saying the other day Ellsbury stopped running in the second half, almost in direct correlation to how he started hitting for power. So almost like those were two mutually exclusive things. Sure, you got both by the end of the season on your stat line, but if he doesn't do both this year, if he becomes either a one-hit wonder either stealing or hitting for power. I, I, I mean, I, well, he put I, up a near-MVP season. I don't see him let's say, that again. I don't think he's going to be an MVP again this year either. Let's say he goes 12 bombs and has uh, 45 bags, has 110 runs, and hits 300. That's still a heck of a season. First-round pick, though? I don't know. It's pretty close. I'd put that in the second. Well, I mean, you, you look at a guy like Michael, rather Bourne, have... Michael Bourne, who's still on 60 bases, hitting 300, and not doing much else, and he's going on, what, about the fourth, fifth round right now? Yeah. Well, imagine if he was hitting, hitting 15 bombs. Hitting 15 to 20 bombs. And that's, I mean, if you take 15 bombs, you're cutting Ellsbury's home run total in half. And I agree with you, Joe. I think the home run total's going way down. There's no way he's hitting 30 again. I, I think he's closer to a 20 homer guy. But I do think the stolen bases are going to go up. 
I mean, last year, he did not steal the second half of the season hardly at all. And so if that number goes up to where he should be, which is 40 to 50 bags, if he's still on that many bases, hitting 20 bombs, hitting 300, and scoring 100-plus runs, it's, he's, he, I mean, he's one of those guys that I, you know, I would have no qualms taking in my top 10 at all. For me, he's a risk. For me, he, goes, he, he should be in the 15 to 20 range, you know, middle of that second round, even, even falling late to the second round. Um, definitely he gives you value with the stolen bases, but we, we've all seen it in the post-steroid era. Stolen bases are easier to come by. There's guys at the end of the draft who can get you stolen bases even if they don't get you much else. So you don't have to overpay for that. I just feel like if I'm identifying a guy in the first round who may not be a sure thing, I'm going to say Ellsbury. Uh, the other guy I would say in the first round, not a sure thing for me, I'm, I'm going to say it, Matt Kemp. <laughs> Here we go! <laughs> Just, you know, the three of us have had this conversation about Matt Kemp many times, and me and the BOD love to uh, get on Joe about his opinion on Matt Kemp. I don't have a lot of good data to back this up, but I'm going to say it. I think Matt Kemp's overrated. Uh, you know, he's, he's been this up-and-comer for, for the past three or four seasons. Everybody's saying he's going to break out. Now, he finally did break out last year. But listen, he plays in the NL West. He plays in a big ballpark that's not homer-friendly. There's no Dodgers are getting on base in front of him. I mean, listen, I can't argue with what he did last year. I can't argue empirically that all you guys who are in love with Matt Kemp are wrong, but I don't love Matt Kemp. I especially don't love Matt Kemp at pick number two. I don't love Matt Kemp over Ryan Braun, who gives you the same numbers. Uh, well, actually, he gives better numbers. <laughs> I'm going to say Matt, Matt Kemp is a guy that finishes outside the top ten in the player rater at the end of 2012. Okay. First off, you say he, he doesn't drive any Dodgers in? He had 126 RBIs last year. He, did, uh, it, it, that meant the Dodgers only scored 130 and runs. Keep in mind, he drove them all in. He scored 115 runs, too. It's not like he was just driving everybody in and not scoring himself. Well, 115 runs. That, that's the beauty about Kemp is he's going to drive people in with the, with the long ball. But once he's on base, the fact that he steals so much means he's going to come around and score more. Every time he's on base, it's a double, at least. And, and by the way, he had a great 2009 year. When he was at the Rihanna in 2010, things went <laughs> Did, south. I mean, she gets, in, way, how she gets this, in your business. It's, how is this it's tough? How is this an actual thing that like, everyone knows about, that, that he had a bad year, and, and it's all equated to Rihanna? Like, how is this like worse than the Madden curse? You know? Well, hey, when we dated, it was tough. I had to move on. <laughs> you, you had a bad year at the same time you dated yeah, Rihanna? Yeah, I couldn't hit 300. Uh, you know, uh, I, like I said, I have almost no data on this. So if you throw out 2010, 2009, you're right. 34 bags. 26 bombs. Would you? He hit almost 300, and last year he almost went 40-40. I know, I know. I'm just saying. Would for you me, I'm going to go on record, and you guys are going to call me a genius <laughs> for the first time ever. End of this year, he's out. He's going to finish outside the top 10. And listen, that, that doesn't mean he's a horrible player. Maybe he finishes in the top 20. But, but does that mean you want to take him first overall or second overall? For me, no. I'm so, pass. are you mostly scared because he had such a career year last year and you don't think he can repeat it? Yes. That's exactly so, my argument with Ryan Braun. I don't think he can repeat that again. But Ryan Braun has more pieces around him, and, and Kemp doesn't. The Dodgers are he not has good. more pieces around him. Who does he have around him? Nigel Morgan? Aronis uh, Ramirez? The, the Brewers have nobody now. Corey have Hart? You, have you ever heard of Corey Hart? He wears his sunglasses Corey hey, Hart. And you know I love the Brewers, but come on. Without Prince, who's going to... I mean, Craig Cancel, didn't he just retire? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't hey. know what's going to happen. Seriously, like, I, they don't have anybody I in hope, that lineup. I hope you're not hating on Jonathan Lucroy. 
Listen, the, the Dodgers are bad. The Dodgers are bad. They're not a good team. They don't have a good offensive team. On the under Eth is overrated. He you, was hurt you know, last year. He'll you know, be healthy. You know I love D. Mason Gordon. D. Gordon. But what? Who else? Is there? Who? Is I, there I don't know. He still had 126 RBIs last year. In, That's the point. It doesn't matter who's driving in. He's driving to somebody. He still had a ton of ton of stats last year. We will see, well, gentlemen. But by I'm, the way, he also has. It's not the Jimmy Rollins secret anymore. It's the Matt Kemp secret. <laughs> he says he's going to go 50-50. He's fifty fifty. He said he's going fifty fifty. Yeah, I didn't. I have not heard that. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah he thinks he can go 50-50. 50, 50, uh, well, 50 home runs and then fifty games suspended for you. I think fifty fifty is a little bit lofty goal there, but I, I definitely think he could go forty forty. He's number one on my board. I, if I have one on my pick, I, I would put. I would take Matt Camp above even Cabrera or Pujols. And oh. for the record, Joe does have the number one pick, so I mean, he'll I, be the one passing on I, someone going fifty fifty. And I'm not taking Matt Camp. So who let 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 us know who are you taking with that number one? Pick? All right, well let's transition to that then. So we've identified a couple risks in the first round. Who do you guys think are some sure things you're absolutely going to get what you expect to get in the first round out of these guys? I think it's easy. You go Pujols, Cabrera, those two guys right at the top. They're well, and I think I think Canelo's in there too. Like he's at second base. His numbers are exactly the same as Votto's, and he's at second. And he does that every year. Right. Well, and why would someone why would someone take uh, Votto? Over Cano. It, it blows my mind. Well, it's funny because you brought that up to me a couple days ago and I looked at it. And Cano does have eerily similar numbers to Votto. And I see Votto going before Cano in a lot of these mock drafts that we're doing. It makes no sense. And, yeah, I'm not sure why. Because if you can get the same numbers from a second baseman as a first baseman, especially you're able to get Cano there at the tail end of that yeah. first round, you're going to be able to flip back on that backside and get somebody like Prince or yep. Adrian or one of these other first basemen. It makes no sense to jump on Votto early if you don't I, have to. I totally agree. And, by the way, uh, Cano sort of had a down year. He hit, he only hit three oh five, and that's a down year for him. And he's hitting third coming up this year. Right. Well, it's more RBIs. What do you guys think about Adrian Gonzalez? In my mind, it seems like he had a down year because the Red Sox faltered down the stretch. Yeah, great. Year, and though. Adrian didn't hit as many homers, but when you look at his numbers, they're just about what everybody expected. So, do you expect? Do you think Adrian's I, a sure thing? Or do I, I, def, I, I think Adrian Gonzalez is a pretty sure thing. I think the average totally maybe dips a little bit. I don't, I don't see him hitting 339 or whatever it was last year. But he'll have more bombs. But I see the bombs going up a little bit. Totally I mean, he's going to get into the mid-30s on the home runs. 117 there. RBIs, pretty impressive. But I, I, think, I think those are going to stay the same. I totally agree. I have a question about Adrian. Who wins in a foot race? <laughs> Adrian, Poppy, or Usain Bolt running backwards? <laughs> i got to go with Bolt. Uh, I, I would think so. I'd go Poppy. When he puts on his shades, it's it's all over. <laughs> oh. No, but I like I like Adrian. Outside of Pujols, he's really the only first baseman I've taken the first round. I don't really consider Cabrera a first baseman. If you're playing him at first base, you're an idiot. Right. It, that, that's something you got to think about. I mean, he's going to be a third baseman, and he may have to eat it for ten or fifteen games. But you know, if you're planning on playing him at first the whole time, you're nuts. Well, it's a nice pick though, because if if your first baseman goes down, you move. It. Cabrera over to first base. You can plug in another third baseman. I mean, that's that's well, nice that's true. I, you're you're gonna have way easier time no, find another first baseman to plug in the third I baseman. Agree. I mean, after you get through that upper echelon of, of third baseman, you know, to the middle tier, I guess it gets real ugly real fast, and you're gonna have a hard time filling that yeah. spot. So the only I have two concerns. Uh, I talk about Tulo. Isn't doesn't he get hurt all the time? Doesn't he miss Whoa. twenty games a year? Yeah, uh, he misses games, but all you have to do is look at the final product. And here's, here's the deal with Tulo. He, he misses 20 games, but then he gets 20 games worth of stats in like a week. So <laughs> I agree. And I think this is obvious, but the only reason why he's going this high is because after Tulo, 
It is a barren wasteland. You might as well draft Ernie Banks or Jeff Blauser. Well, because no one else is going to produce. Let, let, I guess let's talk about that real quick. Where do you guys go on the shortstops after Tulo? I think everyone knows Tulo's an early, a first round guy, right? He's going to go, and, and he is what he is. But with Hanley and Jose Reyes, what are you looking at with Jose Reyes and, and Hanley? I mean, I, I personally, I don't trust either of them. Oh, I don't like. I don't either. Uh, Ho- Reyes had a career year last year, and he still missed what twenty games, and he hit three forty. Is he going to do that again? Once he has his new contract, I don't, I don't buy it. He's got a lot to prove in Miami, though, and he has a few more pieces around him. Um, he's going, he's going the end of the second. I don't. That's that's what I'm, I'm not as down on Jose Reyes as you are. I don't think he's going to hit 344 by any means. Um, I don't know how that new ballpark plays, so I'm not sure. You know, if he can put up 12 to 15 home runs, because if he does at the shortstop position and he still can get 50 stolen bases, even if he hits 310, 315. I mean, that's an elite but, player. But I don't think he's, he's, he's talking about right now. If he hits 300 plus, if he hits 15 bombs, and he steals 40 to 50 bases, we're talking about Jacoby Ellsbury. He is Jacoby Ellsbury at shortstop. At shortstop. So he should actually be going ahead of Jacoby if but, you think he's going to put up those stats. But I don't think he will. Like last year, he hit 337 and had 39 bags, 101 runs. And he was hurt. Yeah, but that was also with the, the Mets. This Marlins offense is way better than the Mets. The Mets are terrible. The Mets are terrible. I'm not going to argue that, but I don't think... He's got Stanton. He's got Hanley. He's, I mean, it's a pretty good lineup that they've got put together down there, and he's going to be up in front of all those guys. I mean, the only question, I guess, is did they not let him steal because he's got these big boppers behind him? I don't know. I, I think they'll let him run. I think they brought him in to run. If you look at the shortstops, you got Tulo, you got Reyes, you got Hanley as your elite shortstops. Following that up, you got Starlin Castro... Elvis Andrus, as Dribble Cabrera. You those are, those are serviceable shortstops. I mean, Dude, that is a garbage bin, though. Yeah, but even those guys they're going, don't feel comfortable with. They're going way too early. I'm not going to take one of those guys in the fourth round. I'm not going to take Sterling Castro in the fourth round. So the fifth. question is, do you wait and get a shortstop oh. somewhere between the eighth and the twelfth round that's basically going to be Eric Ibar or J.J. Hardy? Or do you go ahead and take a flyer and say, you know what? I don't know what Handler Ramirez is going to give me, but it's got to be better than these guys who are, who are down the list. Uh, for me, I'll roll the dice. I'll absolutely take D. Gordon. I'll absolutely take J.J. Hardy. It's not worth a pick on a question mark like Hanley. I believe in Reyes more than in Hanley, but but either way, I'm not going to spend one of my first three picks on those guys. And I think that's a great point because when it comes down to it and you're sitting there in the second round and you've got to pull the trigger on either Jose Reyes or you know Roy Halladay or someone like that, I, I think you've got to go with the more sure thing. Totally. You know, and... and to me, it's a no-brainer. I would let those guys slide. Now, if I'm getting them late third round, I'm starting to get interested. Fourth round, I'm definitely interested. But second round is way too early for me. And that's where they're going to most of the mocks. Yeah. I mean, you know, I personally, I've been doing two, three mocks a day. And I know you guys have been doing mocks, too. We're, and that's where they're going, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's too, there's two high. Yeah. Question. How many bags do you think Eric Ibar had last year? 16. What do you think? I have no idea. He had 30. Do you think did did Eric Ibar even play in our league last year? That's what I'm saying. Like he wasn't even drafted, and you can get someone who is at least can help in some category. You're getting a shortstop like Johnny Peralta. He'll hit 20 bombs. He wasn't drafted. Uh, yeah, but but is he? What's his average? Peralta's going to be a Peralta hit two sixty, two fifty two ninety nine last year. He probably hit that Shut again. Up. He hit two ninety nine. Wow. I should have taken a bet on that. <laughs> Dude, I, I would never guess that he hit two ninety nine. So you know who I kind of like? It's shortstop Scudero. He's Coming from Boston to Colorado, what's he going to get, second in that lineup? That's not bad. Just saying. It's a nice late-round flyer. Instead of wasting your pick on 
race at the end of the second. No, well, it's, it's a good point. I mean, there's there's guys like Stephen Drew who are going to be there at the end of your draft. Um, you know, you know Escobar. I, I love D. Gordon. I don't know where Emilio Bonifacio is going, but that guy's going to steal a lot of bases. And he plays third too. He's got multi-position eligibility. So yeah, think, think about this. All these shortstops we're talking about at the top. Hanley loses shortstop eligibility after this year, probably, because yeah. he's not going to play over there. Bonifacio is going to lose shortstop eligibility. Mm-hmm. It's just going to get uglier and uglier at that position. Unless, I mean, I haven't heard of anybody great coming up at that position. It's just going to get even more. Bottom worse. line, if you go Reyes or Hanley, you better be right. Because if you miss on that pick in the second round or even the early third round, you're going to pay because you're giving up a lot of talent with who you could have had. Right. And, and we think... You know, at the shortstop position, there's enough serviceable guys that you can be okay. So let's answer the question then between those two. Who would you take first? Who do you like more? You like Reyes more. I do. Reyes or Hanley? Yeah. I like Hanley more. I don't trust Reyes' health. I, I don't like Reyes' health, but I, I do not think that Hanley Ramirez is going to steal bases anymore. I, I agree, but I think I, he's getting 30 bombs. I think he's getting bigger and slower, and I think that he's just going to – the home runs may come back. But, that's nice uh, and short. No, that, that's for sure. I mean, well, I have a question for you. Would you rather take Reyes or Hanley in the second or third, or get Eric Ibar at the end of the draft and not even draft anybody? I would probably rather get Eric Ibar and, and replace the shortstop with whoever I get at that early stages of the draft. I totally agree. I would rather take who's going to go to the end of the second, beginning of the third. I'd take Teixeira. I would take uh, Beltray. Right. Anybody like that? Kinsler. Right, Kinsler, yeah. Belcher. Those, those are the guys we're talking about passing over, or the very top tier pitchers. You know, the Roy Hallidays of the world that that you would be passing over to take one of these shortstops, and it's not worth it. I'd way rather go Roy Halladay, Eric Ibar, than go Jose Reyes and some starting pitcher in the twentieth round. A you chicken. know, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I agree. I mean, that's all right. Well, let's talk some sleepers. Um, most people are doing their drafts this month in March. We got about a month till the season kicks off. So we'll cover some uh, sleepers each week between now and the start of the season. Uh, let's go through the first five rounds and just talk about maybe one or two guys in each round that you consider a sleeper. And it's hard in the first round. We've covered that a little bit. But l- let's identify some names that are probably underrated in each of these rounds. Well, let's just skip that first round completely. We've kind of gone through those top ten quite a bit. I but agree. In that second round, who's a guy in that you know, 10 to 20 range that you're looking at and saying, hey, you know, guy? You know who I'm going to ring up? I know you love <laughs> uh, Evan Longoria. He had thirty bombs oh. in like in in hundred thirty games last year. This guy is terrible. Dude, I terrible. Can, I can hit two forty four. I guarantee you he'll hit at least thirty and one hundred ten this year. Want to bet? And he's third base. Mark Reynolds hits no, thirty and one hundred ten. You know, Mark Reynolds does not have 110 RBIs. I okay. will bet you money. Fair enough, but he... but You I, do not have a betting problem. But he, he, he's just like a sexier version of Mark Reynolds. It's like Mark Reynolds in a dress. Okay, the thing I like to do is I like to look at the stats. And Longoria is in the top 20 Listen, all the stats time. stats are not everything. <laughs> stats are overrated. Well, I'm that, saying that's that's Longoria is... <laughs> Longoria is... He, he was hurt last year, so his value's down. He hit 244. I don't think he's going to hit 244 again. I don't, think anyone, I don't think anyone says, says he's going to hit 244. And it's the same thing with Cargo. I like Cargo, too, because he was hurt. But his numbers were still great last year, even when he was hurt. 25-25. You say like Longoria was hurt. He played 133 games. He, you know, he missed some games. But an average MLB starter is going to play 150 games, let's say. So, okay. he, so he misses 20 games. Okay, but he's playing it's with, not like he missed half a season. Okay, but he's playing with the injury through the whole year, so his batting average is going to go down. That's all, that's all I'm saying. He's, he's a good player. Well, 
Uh, yeah, but here's the thing. You, we're talking about sleepers. You want Longoria on that sleeper list. I'm saying well, he's... Wait. He's going early second round. Well, that's would what I'm saying. That first round, in your opinion, I, first I would con- I would consider taking him at the end of the first round. You can't really have a sleeper in right, the no, second I, round. I understand that, but I'm saying you think he should be. Yeah, I you'd pick. Be, you'd be comfortable taking him at ten. I I pick nine, right? I would I would consider taking him, but there are other players because there are players that I like more above him. But considering or, or hearing what everyone else says in our league about him, he's going way too low. Yeah, well, in our league particular, and let's be honest, our league is the only thing that matters. <laughs> well, that that is for sure. Our world is a little closed in on this world, on this league for sure. But um, I, I think Longo's good. I think he's a, a pretty decent pick, right about where he's going. That early to mid second round. I, I disagree. I think he's overrated. I wouldn't pay. Where would you take him? I think he's an early third round guy for me. I don't like Evan Longoria or David Wright. I think they're both overrated because they play third base. Listen, if Longoria proves me wrong, then next year it'll be an easy choice, but I'm not going to waste my second-round pick on that. I'll tell you who I do like in the second round. Underrated. It's hard to call him a sleeper because we're still early in the draft, but Pedroia is going 18th in most drafts. I like him around the 12 or 13 range, right? He's going to hit 20-plus bombs. Last year he stole 26 bases. He hit 307. He, he's going to give you all the categories. He plays in that Boston offense, so he's going to score some runs. I, I think because second base is a scarce position... Uh, I would move him up towards the front end of the second round instead of the back end of the second round. Um, and, and, and once you have that second base locked in, then you can afford to miss on an outfielder, um, you know, because there's lots of outfielders. But, boy, if you miss on your second baseman. So for that reason, I'd move Dustin Pedroia up in the second round. Yeah, no, I, I like that call a lot, too, because it goes back to just like the shortstop thing. You've got at second base, you've got Cano, you've got uh, Pedroia, and you've got Kinsler. And after that, there's a pretty sharp drop-off. Now, second base is a lot deeper than it has been in past years. It used to be it's one of the most scarce positions. Uh, now you can get guys like Brandon Phillips, Chase Utley. There's a lot of guys that you can get in the later rounds, but they're not going to be nearly as good as those top three. Yeah. So I like that idea of going out and getting a guy who's going to give you five categories from Pedroia uh, a little bit earlier. And it's like you said, you can find an outfielder because the, the guys that we're talking about early in that second round, we're looking at Cargo. We're looking at Upton. We're looking at guys that are putting up pr- pretty similar. They may have a little more pop than, uh, than Pedroia, but that's really the only difference. I'll give up five, ten bombs right there for the stability of second base and try and catch those bombs later, you know, in the middle rounds. Yeah, I see what you guys are saying, but Pedroia, his career number last year in RBIs was 91. 91. I mean, that's 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 a big jump. I'm saying if, if you're comparing Cargo and Pedroia to him, he had a career year, he had 91 RBIs and hit 307. Has he had about 300 before this last year? I think in his MVP year. Or his MVP year, he dominated. But let's, saying, but let's not compare him to Cargo. Let's compare him to Evan Longoria. I mean, you may be right about Longoria, or I might be right about Longoria. The thing is, we don't know what he's going to do because the facts are he did hit 244 last year. So I would rather take Kinsler and move him up in my draft in that second round. Or Sorry, Pedroia, and get what I know I'm going to get from Pedroia rather than roll the dice on Longoria. Yeah, I, I can see it. I mean, uh, I'm a huge position scarcity guy, and you guys know that. No, and I, so, I, you know, I'm going to jump on board with filling those positions that I feel like there's a huge gap in. And I, yeah. I I agree. Like, as much as I'm trying to, I'm trying to play devil's advocate here, but I'd still take him there. Right. I mean, it's a nice pick. No, and it's I solid. think it's one of those things he probably is going a little later than he should. I, I mean, <clears throat> if I have to choose between, you know, some of those other guys in Pedroia, you know, it comes down to position scarcity to me. And like I said, second base is pretty deep. I'm not going to be uncomfortable if my second baseman is Brandon Phillips. Or if my second baseman is Ben Zobrist, even. I, I don't love the idea, 
But the difference between those guys and those top three is huge. And there's not going to be as big a gap in outfield or yeah. one of those other well, positions we're looking at. Here's a question. Would you rather have Pedroia or Halliday? That's tough. I, dude, I, I can't take pitching early. I just don't do it. How many, so, how, many, how many true aces are there? There's a lot. You can probably name ten guys that you would consider an anchor for your pitching staff. You can't say that about second base. i got to go Pedroia. I take Pedroia, too, because there's so many good pitchers. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I think right. it's... Well, I mean, when you ask him, if you're asking me, I'm the wrong guy to ask because you guys both know I'm not taking pitch until, like, the ninth round. So it, where Roy Halladay falls on people's rankings doesn't even matter to me because I know I'm not getting it. I think, I think Roy Halladay is a little different, though, on the pitchers because he's really the only one who is stable, and I think you could pretty much pencil in what he's going to do. With that being said, he'll probably have a crap year. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the third round, Lane. A couple, uh, a couple sleepers, guys you think are underrated in the third round. Third round, I, in my opinion, third round is where it starts to get a little bit hairy. It gets a little bit more difficult to uh, to find that exact drop off in talent. It feels like you kind of already stepped off that ledge. I'll give you one. Um, I think Curtis Granderson at going at pick twenty, right there at the start of the third, is. I, I, I could see myself taking Granderson over a couple of guys in the in the second round. Granderson was money last year. He, he I don't I don't think it's a fluke. I think that short porch in Yankee Stadium is going to be there for him to launch over and over again. It's a great signing. He plays in a great offense. Um, Do you realize he had three hundred and sixty runs last year? <laughs> <laughs> He's still scoring runs. Uh, I see. I'm you two have been you two have been singing the Granderson praises. I had him on all, my team last year. That's the thing. You two shared him, didn't you? Didn't you? Yeah. You had him and traded him. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you both had him. So you're both, you're both high on this Granderson thing. To me, last year was an anomaly. It was Brett Boone, you know, reincarnated is what it was. I, I do not think he's going to hit 40 bombs. You know, I think he's a guy who could hit. You think he'll hit 30? I, I, uh, he could probably hit. I, mean, I think he's right around that 30 spot, probably. And he's probably going to steal some bases. He's not going to hit for average. No, but he did last year, and he was still, what was he ranked last year, six? And he's going to score a lot of runs. I'll give you that. He's going to score a ton of runs, and I, I don't know how many how much he's going to drive in either. I think that you're looking at a decrease in the home runs. You're looking at a decrease in the RBIs, and I think the average is still going to drop even you know, further than what it was before. Last, last year he had 119 RBIs, 136 runs. Let's say he had 115 runs this year, 30 bombs, 100 RBIs and only 20 I mean, bags. that's amazing. Guys, still take put that up against any guy in the first round. Uh, the, right. the Yahoo rankings average draft position right now have three pitchers going before pick 20, and we know in our league that's probably not going to happen. I guess my point is pick 20 average draft position is too high. That Granderson is a top 15 player. You could make the argument he should be between 10 and 15. He's, he's right there with Prince Fielder, in my opinion. He's right there with Cargo. He's right there with Justin Upton. For him to be, you know, eight picks later than, than some of those guys, I think he's a little bit of a sleeper. I'd rather have the other guys, though, just because of the average. But that's my opinion. Yeah, well, uh, you guys kind of bring me around on it. I still think, I still think last year was a career, career year. I think, the, all, I think the numbers across the board are going to come down just a tad. Here's another one for you. Going at average pick number 27, Adrian Beltre. Plays third base in that yeah. Texas lineup. I love Adrian Beltre. Love him. Oh, I, I agree. I think it's a fantastic pick. I mean, as much as I was talking about Longoria, how much I love him, Longoria or Beltre, how much of a difference is there? Especially right. in, in Dude, Texas. The, the crazy thing about Beltre is, and that, that's maybe another reason not to go for Longoria early, if, 
if you can swing back around and get Beltre. David Wright's going ahead of Beltre in a good number of drafts. And sometimes I'm seeing Zimmerman go ahead of Beltre, which is absolutely nuts. It, you know, it's a great idea to pick your DL spot in the second round. You want to wrap that up. Beltre can hit a home run off his knees, and yet people are taking Longoria at 15. Why not take Cargill at 15? The guy's probably going to go 30-30 and take Adrian Beltre at pick 20, 20 somewhere well, between 20 and 25. Well, the problem is, if someone like me, if I took Longoria, there's no way I'm going to get Beltre back. He's not going to come back to me in the end, in the end of the third. Not at the end of the third, right? I can see when he's still around there in the middle to kind of he's going late to pick, he's going to pick twenty seven. I think that's too high. Yeah. I think that guy ought to be picked around somewhere around twenty, twenty one, twenty two. Did I? I absolutely love him. You I guys agree. know. I agree. When he left Seattle and came to Boston, I hated him. I thought that was the worst signing. You called in the up. World. Uh, you called up Jim <laughs> Bowden and, and ripped him. Yep, I called Jim Bowden up on uh, the baseball channel on XM and went nuts on the signing, talking about how it was the biggest piece of crap ever, and I hated Beltre. I'm 100% changed on that 180-degree turn. He is a mother, and he can rake. And in it's that ballpark, agree. in that lineup, that dude is going to mash. I totally agree. I got, I got another name for you for this third round. Speaking of the Rangers, Josh Hamilton. I don't care if he misses 30, 40 games. His numbers are still just as good. Plus, it's a contract year. That dude's going to be playing. Great point. So in the Yahoo average draft position, he's going 33.6. He's going almost at pick 34. So middle of the fourth. I love Josh Hamilton. And, and you guys have said it. He misses games, or he has missed games. He's going to miss games. Count on it. But, but you how many miss- is he going to miss? Because he's a little bit like what you said with Tulewitzki. At the end of the year, all that matters is what did he do for right. you. Right. Now, and that's true. And that's, you know, I made this argument to Bodily earlier when we were talking. You take his total number, and let's say he's going to miss 20 games. And you add your average replacement player in for those 20 games. You take those stats for the 20 games plus what you get from Hamilton. Yep. You're getting a total stud. Let me let me ask you this: Who's who's a better overall productive fantasy player in 2012? Josh Hamilton or Mike Stanton? Hamilton. I think I think Dude, who is is who is this Mike Stanton guy you're talking about? I know I don't Giancarlo Stanton. I don't understand who is Giancarlo Stanton, but if you're gonna take if you're gonna tell me according to these average draft positions that Hamilton should be taking eight picks after Stanton, who you know is by all accounts a tremendous talent, he can mash. But Josh Hamilton hit three fifty nine two right. seasons ago, and he's playing right. in that Texas lineup. All the reasons you said about Beltre, he's gonna drive in runs. He's got Kinsler ahead of him, Andrus ahead of him, Michael Young. I love Josh Hamilton, and I'll take a chance on injuries the same way I love Nelly Cruz You know, two rounds later. Listen, he has played full seasons. He's played partial seasons, but, yeah, for sure, underrated. At pick 33 or 34, that's too late. I like him 10 picks earlier. Um, it's hard to argue because, well, and I wouldn't be surprised to, watch, to see Josh Hamilton come out with something to prove after – the whole uh, alcohol slip up and yep. whatnot here right before spring training. Yeah, um, you know he's got a few people he's probably got to win back over and things like that. So and it's like you said, career year, you know your contract, contract year, year for yeah. him. So I mean, th- there are a lot of things to point to. The one thing that the the only thing that I point to is a he's very injury prone and he's just as likely to miss eighty games as he is twenty. I mean, I, I can agree. see him. He can he could dive for a fly ball and be gone for half the season. You know, because there's some crack floating around in his heart or something, and he can't play anymore, or he he can play the whole season. I mean, either one of those. So I I don't know. It's just his body is uh, is not quite a temple anymore, and, and there's it's a few cracks in that thing. I can see it breaking down pretty easy. All right, let's finish this off uh, between picks forty and fifty. 
who do you guys think? Um, there's a couple names that jump out to me. Pablo Sandoval came back last year with a nice year. Not sure what we're expecting out of him. I, 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 I wouldn't touch Pablo Sandoval with your dick. <laughs> there's no way. I, I do not like no. Pablo Sandoval. By the way, I don't think he had a, a nice year. He had 23 bombs, which is nice, but he had what? Like two RBIs? Speaking of bad lineups, it who seems, the heck is he going to drive in seems, in San Francisco? It seems like he had more than two RBIs. 23, <laughs> 23 home runs, I was 68 off. He had only 70 RBIs, 55 runs. Listen, he's hit 315. He was also hurt. He hit 315, and he stole two bases. <laughs> he also was hurt. Here's, a, here's the thing. I think Pablo Sandoval gets way hyped up because people like the panda nickname. They think that he's cute and cuddly Let's and be all honest. that stuff. People like seeing fat guys run. <laughs> Average pick for Pablo is 42. Average pick for A-Rod is 45, almost 46. Between those two guys, who do you like? I like A-Rod. I'd take A-Rod over Pablo. Oh, so would I. I would not take him there, but I would take A-Rod in like the six. Who has the greater chance to hit 30 bombs and have 115 RBIs? Well, A-Rod hit A-Rod? 16 bombs last year. Dude, A-Rod was 16. Bad. And if you look at A-Rod's, A-Rod's career path, it's a steady slope down. I mean, you're skiing down that thing right now. There's no doubt, but... I still think that he could pop, have a little, have a little uprise here for this season or, or one season before he uh, goes into the grave here. Maybe so, but he, he played in only ninety nine games, and you can say, oh well, he was hurt, so his his productivity will be higher. Listen, he's coming off an admission that he used steroids. No, I totally agree. only played ninety nine games. In those ninety nine games, he only hit sixteen bombs. He's hitting two seventy six for the year. But over A Rod is over. Here's the thing: we know that A Rod is a notorious playboy. How do we know he wasn't seeing Rihanna last year on the slide? <laughs> I mean, we don't know that. So Bottom line is, uh, what you get from Pablo, I don't see it's going to be getting that much better than what he had. But with A-Rod, there's always a chance that he could become A-Rod again. Let's finish off this discussion about third baseman taken in this range with Brett Lowry. Listen, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> Brett Lowry might be an all-star, and when he is, I will draft him. But for a guy to come up, how many at-bats did he have? Well, less than 200, I think. I'll tell you this. I would rather take 150 at bats. The guy played 43 games. He basically had a month and a half in the big leagues. Listen, all the upside in the world, I understand, but I've seen him ranked in some of the preseason rankings in the top 30. That's I'm not going to spend a top 30 pick on Brett Lowry. Everyone thinks he's going 2020 at least. 2020, right around 300. Would you rather have Lowry or Pablo? Pablo. You know why? Because I know what I can get from Pablo. And if Lowry proves me wrong, I will take him next year. I'm not down on Lowry. I just want to wait and see. The guy didn't play enough. I haven't seen it. Well, and, and I mean, I think it's a good point. You look at a guy like Gordon Beckham, who everybody was up on and talking about how he just can't miss and he's got such a beautiful swing and all this stuff, his contact rate, and what happened when he came up to the majors. Yeah, and same you know? thing with guys like Alex Gordon. I mean, why not wait until these guys have done it? He had a nice year last year, by the way, Gordon. Yeah, and he's coming into his own. And so yeah. that, for me, that's when I take him. I'm not going to waste a, so, a top five pick. Another there. question. Would you rather take Lowry or, say, Brandon Phillips? If you need a third or second. If, I would take Brandon Phillips because I know Brandon Phillips is going to give me quality. And I'm kind of on the, I'm kinda on the, on the train with Joe. My first, I don't know, maybe about the ten rounds, I'm going to stay with guys that I know what I'm getting. When I get into those mid the teen rounds, the 20 rounds, that's the point when I'm willing to take a flyer. And a guy like Brett, Rowley, Brett Lowry, you may tell me, hey, that's not a flyer. This is a guy that all the scouts love. This is a guy who can match. It's still a flyer to me because I haven't seen him do it. And 150 at-bats is not a good enough sample size for me to say, yeah, he's my third round, my fourth round pick. I know there's guys in that range that can match. I know that. So they've done it every year for the past five years. So I have a question. Why, Joe, why are you so sold on D. Gordon at 150 at-bats? I don't know if he had that many. But he had all those bags. 
But you're not sold on Brett Lowry for playing essentially the same amount of time and having to make Because he doesn't have to take D. Gordon in the fourth round. Yeah, I can get him way later, and stolen bases are a commodity, you know? Well said. I didn't even think about the whole uh, <laughs> position of the draft. That was a terrible question. Yeah, I mean, it, if you were taking D. Gordon in the fourth round, it would be a completely different question. Where does D. Gordon go? And the other thing is, stolen bases, even if he can't hit, he's going to get on base yeah. through walks, through whatever, every once in a while, and he's going to steal bases. That dude, his, we're, dad, his dad was the Flash. I don't know if you know that. That's how fast he is. His dad was the Flash. Where would you take him? D. Gordon. I'm only asking this because I'm going to take him around before you say <laughs> it. He's a player that could easily come out and still, still 50 backs. I don't know why people don't think he can do it. 50 backs at shortstop? I don't care. He's still going to score 100 runs, 90 runs. 50 bags anywhere. You look where, my, where uh, Michael Bourne is going. 50 to 60 bags is huge no matter what. Average draft position for D. Gordon, 147.8. So, gonna, he'll, he'll be gone before the 14th round. I do right? believe he can steal 50 bags. Well, I, I know he's going to be gone before then because Joe has a freaking man crush on him, so there's no doubt about it. I love me some D. Gordon. <laughs> All right, let's finish this up talking about the Miami Marlins. Maybe we'll highlight a couple teams each week as we lead into the season. Miami, new uniforms, new stadium, new manager, new free agent in Jose Reyes. Um, what do you guys new think? New closer, Heath Bell. Fantasy-wise, what do you guys think about Miami? I think... I think they're getting a little too overhyped, honestly. Like, I, I, they're they're I still really young. Like Mike, Mike Stanton's nice, but is he ready to – how many RBIs do you think he's going to be getting next year? People think he's going to be like freaking Albert Pujols. He's still going to hit 265. Uh, dude, I, I think he can hit 280. I mean, what did he hit last year? 270, upper 270s, right? 278, something like that? I wish we had the internet. So we have, questions. <laughs> we have possible questions about Stanton. We know we have questions about Hanley. But you do gotta like Heath Bell. You absolutely have to like Bonifacio. I don't like Heath Bell, by the way. Why? Because he's going from Petco to Miami. Dude, I could have an area under three at Petco. The, the question is, how's that Miami park in play? I have no idea. Yeah. Because Heath Bell is a fly ball pitcher, and if he goes in there and that thing is Great American Ballpark, yeah. <laughs> everything's flying out, he might be in a little bit of trouble. But I think Heath Bell's got good enough stuff to keep himself, uh, you know, keep the job for the year. For the yeah. record, Mike Stanton. First year, two, he had 259. Last year, he had 262. I don't know if this guy's a 282. 262, really? I thought, he, I thought he had that average up a little bit. Because I know going into the season last year, I remember that being a concern. I think he was about a 250, 260 guy. Uh, he must have fallen off the second half. Well, you that. know, I mean, we'll see how that ballpark plays. He did hit 34 bombs, but only drove in 87 runs. A little bit of a Justin Upton syndrome. I love Jose Reyes. I like Bonifacio. I think Heath Bell's fine. He only has to get three outs. The, the guy's filthy. I, well, guess, I, I think the biggest question on Miami... If we're talking non-fancy, we're talking about wins and losses, is that pitching staff. You've got Josh Johnson for three or four starts a year, and then what do you have? By the way, I would love to take Josh Johnson in the, what, the 10th round. I'll roll the dice on that every day of the week. He's money. <laughs> Dude, when he pitches his they, three games a year. They will be the best three games you get all year. I'm sure. Speaking, speaking of sleepers with Miami, here's one name that I will not draft, but I will definitely watch. Dude, Carlos Zambrano. If he puts it together, that guy's money. He's got the talent. Uh, dude, it's, it's been too long for me to even think that he can put it together. I'm just saying. I'm not, I'm not guaranteeing. And they signed Mark Burley also, right? I mean, <laughs> they, could be a, they could be a decent team. They, they play in a tough division, but listen, they've upgraded that team. They made a commitment to win. You tell me that that pitching staff's going to go out and compete against the Braves, though? No, I, I don't think so at all. And I don't think Zanarado's going to be any good. But if he came back and was, would it surprise me? No. I mean, I mean that division is actually kind of up for grabs outside of Atlanta. Right, I mean, 
Well, I don't know. The Phillies are going to be pretty damn tough. The offense in Philadelphia is a question mark. I mean, it's interesting. Miami went out and made a splash. We'll see how it plays out. A lot of fantasy stuff to watch on that team, though. I, I always forget the Phillies, man, because you, you, everyone's starting to get down on that lineup. Howard gone. Utley sucks. You know, all these things that are going wrong from Rollins has been down for the last few years. Jason Worth gone. Yeah, Jason Worth, who was a beast before he left. But that pitching staff, you don't need much offense. I think that if the Giants of two years ago didn't teach us anything, I mean, you don't have to hit. I can't even name two hitters off that freaking Giants World Series championship team. Barry Bonds? No, I could, but I'm not Matt Williams? <laughs> Well, but yeah, I mean, if you pitch, you're good. So. Well, I have one more question. How many people do you think are actually still listening to this podcast? There are none. I think my mom turned it off after the <laughs> dick comment. But hundreds of thousands. So millionth, yeah. millionth download gets a prize. Millionth download. All right. So that's it for this week. We are planning on doing this every week. We'll try and post it um, once a week. So every Monday following for the next little bit. Uh, next week, we'll probably stop in, talk about a little bit of draft strategy, some of the ways that we're preparing for our draft, uh, philosophies on that type of stuff, and we'll get into more sleepers, deep rounds, stuff like that. So, anyway, give them the email address. Oh, yeah, what was the email again? What is the email address? Offbasepodcast oh, yeah. at gmail.com. Send us your comments, your complaints, your questions. Yep, and we will, uh, we'll, we'll have a segment where we'll go over your uh, emails. So, yeah, we will. So, send in an Both email. Both of them. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Late.